Hey, what's good, everyone? And you're back with Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I am your host, Max Bowen. For this episode, I'm chatting with LA-based artist Nolo Grace as we talk about her lengthy career in business that one day pivoted to a career in music. We look at what led up to this and what she's been doing since launching her debut single, Wake Up, featuring Sean Kingston. We also talk about the music video she released for her new single, Miss Perfect, and what she's got planned now that her music career is up and running. And my next guest, well, she recently debuted her first single, Wake Up, working with the one and only Sean Kingston, so off to a great start. She follows it up with the powerhouse song, Miss Perfect. LA-based artist-producer Nolo Grace joins me. Nolo, welcome to the show. I am very happy that we can do this. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me. You're very welcome. Now, we're definitely going to dive into the music, but I want to start a bit by talking more about your background. Uh, Before this, you worked in the corporate world. So my question to you is, how did you make the switch from the corporate world to the music world? Because those are two very different places. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been, you know, I started my 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 life, I guess, really um, obsessed with music and wanting to be a musician, wanting to be a singer. And that was really my my true passion when I was younger. And along the way, um, I, 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 I kind of took a different path. And I started my career first in the social sciences at a think tank. I wanted to do um, good for the world and work in international development. So that took me to like Africa and I was consulting for the former um, president of South Africa and former president of Liberia. So um, my business career was actually kind of accidental. I, I really wanted to work in international development. And uh, and during that time, they were looking for people who were on the ground and in, um, in these countries where I hadn't really spent a lot of time. So uh, I interviewed for a hedge fund at, um, on Wall Street thinking like there was no way I was going to take that kind of job. And I loved it. I walked in, I met the people um, and I had that, that started my career in the business world. So I worked at um, a hedge fund. Then I worked at a large conglomerate. I was a senior executive there um, working in um, the publishing and software space. Um, But I kind of hit a point where I was so excited about the, my business career, but it, it, it got too intense. Um, I, I, I just kept taking like bigger and bigger positions. Um, and I sort of lost sight of who I was as a person. And I was very much absorbed in just working like crazy hours, pretty miserable. And, uh, so I left at a certain point <laughs> a couple of years ago, I left, um, and I ended up traveling around the world and I was nomadic, um, for, about a year. Um, during that time, I started making music and singing and learning guitar. Uh, ended up in LA and then started really making music in a serious way from there. Um, started producing, uh, meeting people, and that's kind of where where it all started. That's a hell of a story. I like that. 
<laughs> yeah, a little crazy. That was short version. <laughs> yeah. Um, but going from the somewhat more like secure world of like the corporate executive lifestyle to music, I mean, like those two could not be like further like apart. When you decided that you wanted to pursue music, did you have these doubts like, okay, is this actually going to work? You know, what's the odds of my career actually taking off? Should I just stay where it's, you know, at least I'm getting like a steady paycheck? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was really scary. Um, the time when I was had um, was in the corporate world. It was just really impossible to really to think think clearly because I was so busy. So I needed more of a break. Um, and when I when I was able to let go of the things that I thought were keeping me secure, which were the job, the you know lifestyle I was living in New York City at the time, and I just that was so much part of my identity and where I thought I was heading. But once I let all of those things go, um, I felt like I didn't have anything to like and, and to rebuild from there. I think that's where it was. I was able to tap into something that was more genuine and authentic for myself. Um, so I was already I put myself into a situation of deep insecurity in general. <laughs> and then from there, um, you know, I was able to kind of take this next step. So it's been scary uh, in a way because it's really more for the first time I'm really doing something that's really for me, I think. Um, mm. And that is, that is definitely different than working for a large cor corporation, even if you have a big role and, um, and a lot of responsibility, it's a, a totally different cause. than when you're just putting yourself out there with your own music. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of get this image of you with like an acoustic guitar on, on one shoulder, a duffel bag on the other, just, uh, just like, walking the world, playing music wherever you go? Yeah, I mean, I was confused during that time. So I was taking things very much day by day. Um, I, on a whim, would go to a completely different country and part of the world, um, one way ticket at a time. And yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wasn't, that was just, yeah, it was me, my guitar and like a suitcase. Spent like a, a month at a villa in the middle of nowhere in Thailand. I was in Japan for some time. I went to Bali three times. I was in Germany visiting friends. London is where I bought my guitar. Uh, I was everywhere. I really was everywhere. <laughs> Did you find that life kind of like liberating or was it also scary thinking, I have no idea how I'm going to like eat tomorrow or I have no idea where, uh, where I'm going to be like uh, uh, going next? It was actually really scary. I mean, I've had a few of those periods in my life where I was just uncertain. Um, it was it was really liberating as well because I spent a lot of that time um, in a state of like introspection and anything was possible. Uh, and that's like a cool feeling to know like what what am I going to do if anything is possible? If I can go anywhere, if I can do anything, what are the choices that I'm going to make? Um, and I spent a lot of time writing during that period too, um, writing and reading and meeting people. Um, so I think it was just a period of just rapid expansion, which is a beautiful thing, but also like scary because you're having all these new experiences. So um, it was liberating, but just my personality can be a little bit of a worrier. So I was always thinking like, what am I going to do? I need to solve this. And now like a couple of you know, years down the line, I still have those feelings, but I haven't gone through that um, a couple of times. I sort of know like, the point of those periods is not to solve something and to like get to the answer quickly. It will just 
it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And you kind of have to like surrender to that on some level. I, I feel, you know, I, I've, I've always been a person managing to these like quarterly dates or these annual goals or things like that. But when you're pursuing this creative path, you can't force yourself to do things on a certain timeline. I mean, you can, but um, it's just, I've, I've had to learn a new, new way and paradigm of, uh, of living because of that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I think that a change like this, it's not a destination, it's a journey and it's going to be a long journey. It's not going to be like a, you know, snap your fingers and all of a sudden, okay, now I'm like headlining uh, the garden or what have you. It's, it's going to take a while to kind of, you know, get somewhere with this. Um, yeah. I want to talk about learning because again, uh, you mentioned that you do have a musical background, but what did you have to learn when you decided to, to just sort of go out there and find your way in the music world? So much. Um, I guess like there's that's one thing I love about this whole process is just the limitlessness of it. I mean, when I first started making music, I didn't even know what music production was. If you asked me, I literally would not have been able to tell you. Like I heard songs, they were playing, and I had no idea how they were created um, in the studio context, right? So I think I just had to like learn everything um i grew up you know mostly with like a classical background um so i played piano i sang but i didn't know anything about like music technology so that whole thing was new to me i think the the business aspect too of understanding like how publishing works and how um you know how masters work that whole um that whole uh construct to me was really new like how does music not only get made and produced but uh, you know delivered market and I think with this new stage of me um, releasing music there's yet a whole other dimension of you know marketing and building your audience and I'm pretty pretty new to that too uh, so a lot, a lot of learning a lot of learning so much learning you have covered so much in just like the one sentence but but it's like I said you know not only writing it, but how you produce it, how you master it, how you market it, how you, you know, get out there and get your stuff heard and seen and sold. Did you have any guides during this time or were you more or less just sort of going about it on your own? I had many guides. Um, some of my guides were in music and some of them were outside of music. Um, in music, I, you know, just by chance happened to meet a people who were just really inspiring to me. Um, like one of my mentors, Dave Isaac, he's, uh, you know, he's won, he's won multiple Grammys as a producer and he's, you know, he's mentored me quite a bit um, and really inspired me in terms of my, my songwriting. Um, one of my co-writers, Natalia, she's uh, she's a writer for Warner Chapel, songwriter. And um, so she's a, you know, a collaborator of mine. And I, I think I learned a lot from her as well. Um, and my husband is a music producer. We just, you know, recently got married, like last year, <laughs> as the pandemic started. And so I, I consider him uh, someone I really learned a lot from. Um, especially in the, we just have a good dialogue, I think, between us. Um, spiritually, I, I think that's a lot of the work too as an artist. It's not just like actually learning the, you know, like the skills and the technical skills, but it's. I think developing your connection to yourself in a deeper way. Um, and that's what has allowed me to actually go through the process of 
making the songs that I make and actually putting them out into the world. Cause that was, I had a lot of blocks around that. Um, but through just like meditation and through some of my um, more uh, spiritual connections with people, like my meditation coaches and stuff, I've, I've, I've gotten a lot through that, that uh, lane of things as well. Do you feel like this is a, like the real you or just a different you? I think it's like, currently it's a little bit of a different me, but it is also the real me. And um, that's like not a really good answer. (laughs) What I mean by that is I feel like I'm, you know, on a, on a quest to really like find my own identity in the world. And I have this like business side of me. I have this artistic side and in both cases, they're kind of incomplete to some degree. And, um, and I think over the course of like just making more and creating more and doing things that, that uh, unify both, both, both sides, as well as like my interest in doing good for the world. I feel like that will become more and more me when I can do like all three of those in a way that feels harmonious. So I feel like I'm like just starting that process. Hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel any sense of regret or remorse that uh, that you didn't do this sooner? No, not really. Um, I feel like I used to feel, I used to worry, uh, you know, and think a lot about the things I wanted to do but wasn't doing. And now I'm finally doing that. And so it feels good and it feels like the right timing. Um, I, I think like our lives all have different chapters to them and it's hard to predict why something may be relevant at one time. Um, there's another, there've been times in the past where I could have, could have done it, but I just don't think I was emotionally ready to do something like this. So, um, I'm really happy it's, it's played out the way it has. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, it's also a good a, a good takeaway is that it's never too late to do this kind of change. I think some people might think, "Oh, I'm too old," because most people start music when they're like super young, and they might, and you might think, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's too late. Too much time has passed." But I think it's it ha- it's like I said, it happens when it happens, and when you get that opportunity, you just go for it because really you regret it not doing it a lot more. Yeah, I think so. If if you you know spend a lot of time wondering like. What if I would, you know, talking to yourself about things that you want to do, but, you know, tell yourself it's like, oh, it's too late. And I've had those conversations with myself a lot. Just, just do it. (laughs) You know, just taking like that step even. um, It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do, but I I think it's ultimately really fulfilling. And um, particularly now, anyone can make music. Anyone can release music um the learning production is can be done by anyone uh you can do it out of your home and there's software available to you and i think that's awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, you are now a member of a growing club of musicians who uh, got started when the world shut down which i gotta say is a pretty like cool concept too like launching your music career when you know, shows can't happen and tours can't happen and clubs are all closed down. Uh, but what was it like putting out your your first single? It was 
It was it was crazy time, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I've been in a period of incubation. Uh, like last year, just in quarantine, I was I was working a lot. Um, I also uh, have other projects that I'm working on that are not music related. But um, I think it gave me sort of like a safe container to experiment, to create. Um, and I just spent every morning, 6 a.m., I'd wake up and just make something new, almost like most days. Uh, and without any consideration, am I going to put this out? Because I just wasn't sure if like the world was going to end or what was going to happen. So there was like, I didn't feel as much pressure. Like I have to have a plan for this because the whole concept of what was important and like, I, I really thought about it as like something therapy for myself in a way, like I'm creating, this is awesome. And, um, and then when the world started to open up, I was cut ready to take that step because I had committed so much to the art and the craft of make of creation. Um, and then Sean Kingston got involved in the song, which was awesome. Um, he, his producer sent back the track with, his vocal on it and I was like wow I was so blown away and um and then I kind of changed my my bird you know my half of the song uh in response just because you know I was just inspired by what he had, had sent to me um and then that was like my first single which is just wild Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how did the collaboration with sean kingston come about and what was it like getting a chance to uh, work with him yeah it came about because um i'll spare you all the details of the story but it was just like a really weird thing where um i met this producer who um i went to studio i had no idea who he was he's a big producer had no idea and I was re um, recording vocals for a song because I was feeling self-conscious about my own ability to record vocals. And I was like, you know, I met this person. I'm just going to go in and record. And while I was there, he, he got a FaceTime and it was uh, Sean Kingston. And this is right after he had told me that uh, he loved my song. He thought like, wow, he, um, that I should be collaborating with large, uh, like big artists. And Sean Kingston happened to call at that, <laughs> that moment and was going to be in the studio that week. It didn't end up happening that week, mainly because I just wasn't even sure at that point I wanted to release anything. I was just making 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 music. But when I decided to actually release my first single, I got back in contact with the producer and said, hey, is this still a possibility? And he said, yes. Um, and then two weeks later, I had a, a uh, my, my song was trying to sit on it. So yeah, that's really how it happened. Mm -hmm. Now you've uh, mentioned a couple times about uh, being uh, self uh, self conscious about your work. I read that you recorded for a few years before releasing anything. Uh, why were you self conscious, and what happened to kind of change your mind and say, "Yes, I want to put this out there. I want everyone to hear it." I think it's like similar to the theme of my second single, which is "Miss Perfect." Um, the perfectionism. The uh, I think I've grown very comfortable with hiding behind like the corporate mask or um, things that like really protect you from like the public world. And so I think that was a hurdle that I needed to get over. Um, so it's really just by, you know, 
working on the music to a point where I feel like it's there. I'm ready to, you know, put out that. I think it's just, it's just kind of psychologically over time, uh, you know, I, I've just been working on, on getting to that point to um, just to feel like something's really ready. Yeah. So I imagine yeah. that it is tough for you to say, okay, this is done. No more tweaking. We're putting it out there. It can be, but it's getting easier. <laughs> well, that's it good. Can't, it, it's getting easier. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, and I totally get it too, because, uh, because like it's, it, it's uh, kind of like the show. I can't go back and like redo parts of it. You know, once it's done, that's it. It's over. And likewise, once you, once the song's recorded, it's like, okay, we can keep changing things, but at some point you got to pull that trigger and, you know, ship it out there. Um, yeah. In the early days, were there people in your life or your profession who were kind of that, you know, push you needed to kind of get things going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had people push me, uh, encourage me, but I've also had, I feel like maybe I've just heard the negative voices more and I've latched onto like the criticisms or, you know, and that's something that I'm working on now is working on like hearing the positive things and really like taking those things in versus, um, worrying about the little like criticisms or um, things that I don't feel like are, are quite right or worrying about judgment from others. And that's been like a process of letting go. And I think that's a cool thing about like releasing music is like, I have feel like it's helped me kind of like develop myself as like a person in that regard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Judgment is the hardest thing especially when you work in the arts, whether you are a writer, musician, filmmaker, because you're now going to be subject to the, to the judgment of like billions of people. And yeah. that can be daunting at times. Um, is this still something you kind of struggle with or have you more or less sort of passed that hurdle? Um, I wouldn't say like struggle with it, but I feel like it's a, been a big growth for me, just exposing myself to that in in a way you know and to um putting stuff out there and regardless of the criticisms I think I used to be a bit more sensitive to like what people thought and I don't think I'm as sensitive to that anymore um because it's like I was like holding things so close and then I put it out it's like okay it doesn't matter some people are gonna like it some people are gonna hate it and it's fine it's totally fine yeah yeah the I think the best advice I ever heard on judgment is one man's To Kill a Mockingbird is another man's Twilight Saga. Taste is so subjective, and you're never going to make everyone happy. So there's always going to be someone who says, who says, oh, this is a derivative of so-and-so and this and that. So it's that's kind of thing's inevitable, I think. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I want to uh, go back a little bit. You mentioned... Um, uh, being uh, recently married, congratulations, by the way, uh, to uh, to uh, producer Martin Wave, aka Lars Martin, last year. Um, if it's not too personal, can I ask uh, how the two of you met and how working with him has, has kind of helped you as an artist? Sure. Um, we met through friends at a party, um, but we didn't know each other very well. You know, we saw each other a few times, and then one night. We were out after a show. Um, I was performing with uh, with some friends of mine uh, in her group at a So Far Sound show, and uh, and then we just started talking, and we just 
kept talking and it was like 3 a.m. And then I went, you know, he was like, where are we going next? And I'm like, you're crazy. I need to go to sleep. (laughs) I like left. Um, And he added me on Instagram and then I wrote him. And then after that, we just just didn't stop talking after that. And uh, we went on our first date. And then three months later, we got married. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And my next single is actually was um, inspired by the night that we started, you know, really talking. Mm-hmm. It's called Don't Want to Go Home. So that will be on November 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an old song. It's like older than the, you know, Wake Up and Miss Perfect. But it was really inspired by by that night. Um, but as for your question about his role in music, actually, um, really cool thing about our relationship is I, you know, he's an incredible producer and music maker. He's been producing since he was 10. And for me, it's like relatively new. And you think that's like, wow, so great. But I think there's like a lot that we had to like work through um, as, as like a, as a couple, because I felt very self-conscious and a lot of, um, a lot of like my making music at 6am was because I kind of wanted it to be like my thing, my space. And I didn't feel like I had like the room to operate without like judgment from someone who's been doing it since he was 10, you know? So um, through like a lot of communication and, you know, opening up over time, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable. And not only that, like he and I become collaborators and we're working together a lot more. We have um, plans for other projects that we're going to work on, you know, outside of my solo project and his solo project and his, you know, producing career um, and mine. So uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what happens, but I needed like a lot of time that was just like me. <laughs> so I I I feel like I've had that, and I'm like a theme of our conversation is like letting go. I'm starting to let go a little bit and be a, be more open to, um, yeah, just be more open in general. What would you say is some of the best advice that he's ever given you as an artist? I think like. I mean, we're always talking, so it's so hard to like distill out one specific thing. I mean, I don't know if this is the best advice, but last night we watched, um, you know, The Social Dilemma, um, that that movie about social media. Um, and I think his he's really been encouraging me to do things my way and not to, I think he's encouraged me a lot to be like, embrace my weirdness as a person (laughs) and I actually appreciate that like I I think I've been you know on it's been a little bit of a compromise between this is me but you know fitting into like a certain like pop way of doing things or being influenced by what I'm listening to and he's been encouraging me to just be free and to break the formula and to be a little bit more out there and um I appreciate that Okay. Let's talk about your style because I absolutely love the style of, uh, of your music. You got a little pop, a little rap, a little, um, a little uh, hip hop. I love just like the blend you have here. Uh, how did that come to be your style? Did you kind of experiment with like different sounds before you said, yep, this is me? No, not really. I mean, yes. And <laughs> Good no. answer. <laughs> no, um, move on. But it was, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't consciously crafted. Um, I think it 
just sort of happened somehow. And based on like what I was attracted to, I think many people have influences and they want to make music that sounds a certain way. And I've never had that. I actually have a problem with like, like placing music. Like I don't even hear genres sometimes. Like I have this other like issue um, but I know like, oh, I like, I like certain sounds or I like certain textures or emotions. And, um, and so I think it just naturally happened. I love hip hop, uh, and I love pop and I, uh, love like kind of like ethereal, um, like moody, emotional layers. So I think just bringing all that together just naturally happened. Um, but I have a feeling that that's my style is going to continue to evolve and, and change too. So. Oh, definitely. I, I think, it, I think, I think it kind of, uh, kind of has to for a couple of reasons. First off, you are still really at the genesis of your music career. So it's way too soon to say, okay, we're locking in with this and nothing else from, you know, conversations with other artists, you know, music is always a changing thing. And as an artist, you can't let yourself say, okay, I'll just, be the R&B and pop artist for the rest of my life. You got to be open to doing other, doing other things. Maybe you'll do like a folky thing. Maybe you'll do something with a little, with a little bit of metal, a little bit of like techno. It's a, a kind of a experimentation mindset that I think the great artists have. Yeah. yeah I'm excited about that. Um, I think my biggest conflict releasing music was like, Oh, like what side of myself should I show? And I, didn't want to lock myself in into one side and hey but you know maybe I want to be a country artist too and maybe I want to do all these other things like you know there's I just see a lot of like possibility and um I don't know I'm just saying that I I, I really appreciate like experimenting and just not being like boxed into one specific thing um so yeah I'll, I'll continue to embrace that country would be a heck of a jump for you though <laughs> I have a lot of country, country stuff on my playlist. But, oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Now, you mentioned a little while ago that you have been on stage before. You have performed. Uh, what was your first show, though? I'm curious as to that experience. Well, I haven't really done much performing. Actually, during the quarantine, I did a, a few sort of online, like, live stream type things. But I haven't actually ever really performed in front of a audience not not with my current project um i have performed with like friends like i said um i was part of the so far sound show but that was really with a group and uh that it was awesome but it was not my project uh so that this will be a very different thing when i actually start performing with my um my current songs my current music especially because you're like a solo artist too so you don't even have like the band to kind of hide behind or hide among yeah, I mean, I would probably want to bring in other musicians, most likely. Cool. Who else is on your work with list? I mean, we uh, we talk about working with uh, Sean Kingston, but are there other artists out there that you would like just love to collab with? Yeah, I mean, I'm like very open to the idea of collaborating with kind of like a lot of people, and I, I want to do that because I feel like that will just help me grow and expand. Um, I want to work with more with like I said my, my husband Martin um so definitely he's on my on my list of people uh I mean I have like 
ideas for other people I could work with. But um, my, like, I like love, like Willow. I mean, just the list goes on. Um, but also like producers that I really admire, or people like Rick Rubin. I mean, there's like that level of wish list. But there's also just people I know that um, now that things are opening up, maybe uh, I can start branching out a bit more. Excellent. Excellent. Um, now you've been living in LA for the past uh, few years. What was it like when you first got there? And do you feel like you're sort of part of that area's music scene? Yeah. Um, I love LA because it's such a creative, like energy here. You know, it's not just about like the industry, but it's like anyone, you know, you meet a lot of people have creative ambitions or creative side to them that they, you know, cultivate. So coming here, like just met a lot of people. Um, I think also now, you know, I, we bought a house earlier this year and just, it's, it has a nice garden and inviting people over. And I have an idea of, cultivating more community and connection in the music industry. That's something that I like would like to do, not just in the industry industry, but um, just with like people who are creatively inclined uh, and creating more like community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard that um, LA is just such, such like a vibrant energetic place to go. Cause like a lot of artists who live on the East coast, we usually go out there because they feel like, okay, this is where I'm going to like, you make it big. This is where I'm going to, you know, like make my like mark in the world. But as someone who's been there for like a few years, uh, what would you say are the biggest challenges to kind of making yourself heard? Yeah. I think the first one is just that there's so many people, um, you know, who are pursuing this path for sure. I think that's like probably the biggest, biggest challenge. I think this, the, the other ones are kind of similar to anybody. Um, trying to, you know, figure this whole puzzle out. Um, it is, it is like a puzzle and there's a lot that goes into it. That's way beyond just like making music. So I think those are the challenges. The opportunities in LA are that you can, um, there's so much talent, so you can connect with, connect with a lot of talented people and just, um, also, uh, not just a talented in a skill sense, but get a lot of inspiration, um, from people who are trying to, you know, create or not trying but are creating yeah yeah i gotcha i gotcha all right uh let's move on to your most recent single miss perfect which also has a really amazing music video and i liked the story of like this very like picturesque like norman rockwell idea of like the perfect person and how that doesn't work for everyone but my question to you is uh where did the concept for this come from and uh when it came to making the music video was this what you originally envisioned it was similar to what I envisioned. Um, I knew I wanted to do something that felt retro. The visuals in general for for my project, um, I, I like the idea of like messing with the idea of time, you know. So like things being futuristic and the same and 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 kind of retro at the same time, and just you know um, that kind of like more avant garde aspect of things. But specifically with Miss Perfect, I thought like the 50s housewife thing was like a good thing to riff off of. And um, I wasn't trying to make it like a diversity statement, but it just like naturally happened to um, from my perspective. And Sasha, who's um, who was who's my friend, she's a dancer, director, 
Um, she is in it as well as uh, my friend Tessa. They, they're in my all my music videos, actually. Um, so we, had, we just had a lot of fun making it and make it, we wanted to make it entertaining and fun and well shot and everything, but also like kind of make you think a little bit about about like the the standards that are not just placed on women and women of color or people of color, but also just all everyone in general and how how things can feel so too perfect and constrained and uh, create a situation where you just want to explode and what that looks like to just, I don't know, <laughs> to, to like break free. When it comes to uh, the visual version of your music, do you spend a lot of time just sort of like, just like playing this one out and like flushing it out and seeing what you want to do with it? Yeah, I do. Like with the visuals, that's an, a part that I didn't anticipate liking or having to even think about when I was uh, just creating the music. But once I started releasing it and making videos, like I, I, I love that part of like, what's the story that I like the visual story that I can tell to put a different spin on the, the song and the actual genesis of the song itself. So I do. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that part of it. So here we are, two singles out so far, music videos, more music on the way. Do you feel like you've arrived as an artist? No, <laughs> not yet. Not quite. Good answer. Good answer. Um, I feel like I'm starting, I've planted a seed and I have to like remind myself that too, because um, there's so much, I, I, I constantly have a lot of ideas and I feel like this is one step in Peeling back like the layers and the to you know evolving not just my my sound like musically, but what I want to say and um, the story I want to tell and like the impact that it might have. Um, so I I feel like it's like gonna be a never ending process of discovery. I like I feel like I'll be like ninety nine and like my <laughs> feel like releasing music and like wondering like I wonder what the next stage of my music um, <laughs> is gonna sound like. I have like a feeling that that's what it's going to be like. So, I really like the growth mindset. I really like that, especially you've only recently started like your career. I like that you're just like, okay, what else am I going to learn? What else am I going to try? Who else am I am I going to work with? Did you always have that in life? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think so. I I think I've always like felt pretty expansive about what else I could do and um, like the curiosity has always been there like oh but what about this and then that's sparking something else and like maybe it could be this and like just having like big ideas um, and ambitions not always that I share but um, but yeah I think I've been like that and that's why I've done like so many different things I think too is because I, you know, want to just, when I see something that I haven't done before, my, I'm inclined to just want to try it, um, which can like lead me to be being spread a bit thin sometimes, but definitely a lot of uh, adventures along the way. Very cool. So what is next for you? Great question. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess like I, I have a, I have a, I have a single out um, and, you know, November 5th is my next single. Then I have um, some more music planned, a bit video planned as well for December. But like in a broader time scale, I mean, I just want to keep making music. Um, I also 
really have ambitions to create some kind of, of a business or community uh, organiza organization that is like starts to become more like of a home for creatives and like <clears throat> connecting people together. So I feel like that's something I'm aspiring to. All right. All right. Well, Nolo, uh, I am absolutely loving the music so far. Definitely looking forward to what comes next. And for the folks at home, you go to nolograce.com. That's N-O-L-O, grace.com. You'll find all of her music. Follow her socials. Follow her on Spotify, all the platforms. And Nolo, thanks again. I appreciate uh, the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Nolo for joining me. And definitely, folks, check out her stuff on Spotify. It is amazing, and she's got a lot more in store. Meanwhile, you can follow this show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check out the show wherever you find your podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. As always... Keep those ears open.